are listening to the Tableau Podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Tableau Podcast. This is Tableau, your host. Uh, I am a dad, a rapper. I am a singer-songwriter. I am a podcaster. <laughs> Follow me at uh, Blow by Blow. That's B-L-O-B-Y-B-L-O. Uh, on Instagram and also this podcast at the Tableau Podcast. Okay, so today uh, I wanted to just talk about some of the things that you guys brought up in our like DMs or our Discord. Okay, since something Marvel related came out, I need to talk about it. So the trailer for uh, Morbius came out. Morbius the Living Vampire. Uh, it's with Jared Leto. And um, a lot of people are like, is this connected to the MCU universe? Because although it's not an MCU film, um, there's like a poster of Spider-Man. And also at the end, Vulture. I'm assuming it's Vulture, Michael Keaton. He comes out. So everyone's like, this must be connected to the MCU. This is a big deal. What do you think, Haru? I think that maybe there's some possibility, like mm-hmm. films of the Disney movie and other movies, have some kind of Disney character or you know any like you know movie characters in there. Mostly Disney, because in Frozen One, in like I don't know, but like it was like it was like Anna's, Anna's or Elsa's like Elsa's uh, like graduate. I don't know <laughs> Elsa's graduation. Yeah, yeah, Elsa's graduation. <laughs> okay. I like it. No, I like graduation. it. Okay, so um, at Elsa's graduation <laughs> in Frozen One, it's not that you know. okay, it's her like coronation when yeah. she when she becomes the queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. When Anna passes by, uh-huh. there's Rapunzel uh-huh. walking by. Oh, oh, yeah, Rapunzel. Like you see the back of Rapunzel. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like my thought. Mm-hmm. But back to the vampire thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think they wanted to add Easter eggs a little, mm-hmm. and to be fun, if you put it on YouTube or mm-hmm. just to you know. Want them to, you know, recognize mm-hmm. those things that are there. That, that is actually very true. They're, they're putting it in there so that more people talk about it and, like, put it on YouTube and stuff. That yeah. you're, you're right. And also in uh, Moana, there's a picture of Nemo. Mm-hmm. And um, once, like, where the crab comes out, mm-hmm. Maui turns into Sven. From Sven? Yeah. From Frozen? Yeah. Oh. So that's pretty amazing. And I think the movie wants them to like see like, oh, wow, that was there. Mm-hmm. When we saw the movie, it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But then from now, we can go back to the theater and see the movie and recognize that there were those things. So I think that's pretty cool. And I, I think I, that's why they added. I think you're pretty cool. I love you. Bye. Back to the scheduled programming. Okay, Volatile State mm-hmm. says, Hi, Blow Up and the crew. 
I'm in the most desperate situation I've ever been, emotional-wise. I have just finished a relationship because that person and I are too different. And now I have not been able to normally eat and sleep for weeks. Oh, no. Oh, wait. I... But the most devastating thing is that this person helped me learn Korean. Her and our lessons were the small things on my list of reasons to wake up. Now everything is gone. When I try to learn Korean on my own, all the memories and feelings make me suffocate and the pain is unbearable. Please help me to bring back that groove and motivation. How to overcome this barrier and enjoy learning Korean again. Here, this is, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. I have a question. Uh, okay. So this person was in a relationship with someone. It fell apart. But this person was teaching her Korean. And now her learning any Korean is reminding her of this person. And she is now incapable of learning Korean. So this is a… This is like a this is a mix of uh, relationship troubles mm-hmm. with with education. It's like a it's like a the the common yeah. the common tension. Well, I, I think I think I, I get what um, volatile state is saying. You know, like um, you know, if, if the like when you when you are in a relationship and the one of the hardest things is when you are learning something collectively together. Or there's or like a developing a hobby. Yeah, together. or there's a hobby, or like you you have a pet together, right? That that is the trickiest thing, right? Because um, you you know you 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 can say goodbye to a person, but um, there's something so huge that you shared with them that lingers, and especially with this case, you were learning Korean, so I assume that this person was um, you know made some progress. And now it's like, you know, you don't want to just give it up, right? Because you've already made so much progress and there's a lot of hard work, right? With or without this person involved. I mean, the, the, the issue of you learning a new skill, you don't want to just give it up because, you know, this person left, right? That was the advice I was thinking in my head. I mean, but… I was like, learn Spanish. But at the… <laughs> Yeah. Just be be semi good at every language. Imagine me breaking up with my boyfriend and being like, I never want to speak English again because that's all we spoke when <laughs> yeah. we were dating. Yeah. That's a good point, Diane. <laughs> Volatile state. That's a good point. Like imagine somebody that only speaks English. Okay. Breaks up with somebody that only speaks English. Oh, uh, we used to say how are you or, together. <laughs> let's say let's say someone's going out with a with a with a literature professor. Mm. Okay? And then you end up… You you stop reading forever because you break up with that person. Yeah. Okay? Or somebody that made tacos. Okay? That made tacos broke up with you. So you never eat tacos again? No. <laughs> you silly Billy. No. Not possible. <laughs> You're so silly. What are you talking about? You're just not going to eat tacos again? Undermining her like genuine… Okay. Volatile state. We're not trying to make light of this situation. We understand that you're going through something. But we want to help. Like so 
just realize that yeah, you need to be able to separate the Korean learning thing from this relationship. Okay, that's because that's the problem, right? And she wants to know how to enjoy learning Korean again. What do you mean how? Watch Korean dramas. Teach her something right now so that she will now associate learning something in Korean with you in this podcast. Okay. Teach some like slang that's fun for learners. Teach to- her some slang that's appropriate. Like yeah, I. It's like oh, like, is there no like I don't know. appropriate Korean uh, slang? I, I wait. <laughs> Many things are coming into my head right now. Uh-huh. I'm not sure that I want to teach this person. Oh. Um, like. Uh, let me think about that. Okay. okay, let me think about that. You're so nervous. Oh my god, Why I'm so right? nervous. I've never been so nervous before. <laughs> oh my god, I'm on camera and there's a mic in front of me. I'm so scared right now. Okay, watch Korean dramas. Okay, yeah. how do you think we deal with relationship woes? We we deal with it by watching Korean dramas. That That's so what all true. of all of us in Korea are doing right now. Okay. Because there is enough to go around, and and the plot lines will distract you. Okay, you will forget what you were going through. I I should we should do an episode about Korean dramas because I have opinions. <laughs> yeah, Korean dramas is a is a good episode. My, we should definitely do. My one. favorite thing about Korean dramas is when it's clear, like you know, like a rom com. Yeah. But then halfway through, it turns into a murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I know. I know I which one you're talking about. There's multiple that are like you're it. talking about Dongbaekgol. Right? Yeah, but there's multiple that are like this. Yeah, and there's a lot. It's psycho- like psychological thriller. <laughs> Sometimes there, there are many that are the opposite where it starts off as a murder thriller and then becomes a rom-com. And you're like, huh? <laughs> you're like… You know when your, your, ser- your serial killer stalker sends you a flirty text and you yeah. giggle in your bed? Like, huh? <laughs> what was happening? And there are some crazy Korean uh, dramas in the past. Where literally there was a scene. I don't. I've never. I don't really watch too many Korean dramas, but there was a scene where the father was shooting lasers out of his eye, and <laughs> they actually had CGI of lasers coming out of How his eyes. How good was the CGI? This was in a normal family Korean drama <laughs> thing, and there was a scene where like some some character passed away of a heart attack because they were laughing from watching a co- comedy show on TV. Like literally. Uh, <laughs> That's how the plot was driven. Okay? And um, so there are certain Korean dramas that are wacky. You gotta watch that. Yeah. They're just crazy. Like where you don't… Like you don't know <laughs> how this thing went from like a drama about a family and some problems with like… You know, succession for, yeah. for like a company. And like all of a sudden it turns into a sci-fi horror… Like <laughs> madness where every episode someone is getting killed. And you're like, huh? What? Oh my god. And that old grandma who's in every drama is in it. <laughs> See? Volatile state. Did you just realize that you've been listening to us talk about Korean dramas for the last few minutes. And you haven't thought about that person at all? Until just now. Oh, until just now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. But volatile state… We're hoping that you continue to learn Korean. And there are many ways to do it. Just watch Korean dramas. Listen to Korean songs. Right? And like with, with uh, lyric translations. They're all over YouTube. Listen to some K-pop. Um, you know, watch. And then you'll go down this like rabbit hole of like Korean uh, content. Like, you know, dance videos. Dance vi- videos mirrored. 
dance videos at 200%, dance videos at 70%, and then and then you you click and then you're watching Korean variety shows and then you like click and then you end up on like like Epic High on BuzzFeed talking about their first times and you're like what the hell and then you click on something and you're like watching like some you know some Korean celebrities like in in a in a in a jungle and then you like click on something and then it's like you know what i mean okay wow you'll be distracted enough and also your korean will be developing but you know hopefully hopefully it, it, things get better okay you'll 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 find um solace soon i'm i'm sure of it okay so I'm looking through my DMs. Do you, did you see any? Yeah. Thing? So I'm on the Discord. Oh, the Discord. Yeah. So under the Tablo Podcast Submissions channel, uh, somebody asked. I have no idea what the context for this is. Remember when Epic High performed for Soul Dynasty? Oh yeah, yeah. How they... was it like performing and meeting the lads? And what do you guys think about esports and video games slash playing it professionally in general? Okay, so we were performing at an esports match. Okay. Yeah. Done. <laughs> done. Pretty much. You know, I, I think it's self-explanatory. Did you watch it? Like you watched it, the… Concert? We were on stage. Um, performing like in front of the computers. Was it like their version of halftime show? Uh, yeah. It was, like the, it was like the Super Bowl halftime show. But for esports. What game were they… Pl- what game did they play? Um… They were playing a sub game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were playing this like really popular game. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 They were really good. They were really cool. Um, I think they were just as confused as we were. <laughs> <laughs> I think the players were just as confused. But it was it was really fun. Yeah. And like, and e games. You know, like esports. I, I love. I love anything that is new and innovative, and. I love the fact that like video games have become like this televised sport, right? I hope that it's not like other tele- other televised sports where like the players are getting exploited and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that players are making what they should be making and I hope that um their health is you know, not just physical health, but I'm hoping that their emotional health is not being exploited. Um for this but I don't know enough about that industry well hopefully none of that is happening and if so like esports is great you know okay. like I think I actually was invited to one of the biggest uh, esports events in the states um, I think it was with EA Sports I- I'm not sure um, but I was invited but I couldn't go because I had a show in Korea and after I did that event, I've been getting mad calls from like gaming places and you, Twitch and stuff. You gotta work with EA Sports. They gave away a Lamborghini. Fuck. <laughs> no, literally, like as I should have gone. Like as like a sponsor gift. Like, are you kidding me? So there's a YouTuber named David Dobrik. And he has done like a few videos with EA Sports. And they're like, oh, as a thank you for like talking, for doing this event with us, we're giving you a 
Lamborghini. Dude, they were gonna fly me out to like New York, I think, and then like do, yeah. to do something. And but I had I had arrangements here already. Like I, there was nothing I could. Oh, do. Oh wait, you don't drive. <laughs> I don't drive. I don't. But I love the idea of your wife then, like being like, "What am I gonna what do I'm gonna with this do with Lamborghini?" She doesn't like Lamborghinis. Yeah. Like, not that we have them lying around, but you like, know what I would like? I would like the idea of you getting a Lamborghini and not and, like, and being confused as no, as what to do with it. Pointedly, not giving it to two cuts. Oh yes, <laughs> like being like, yes. what am I gonna do with this Lamborghini? Am I, what am I gonna do with it? Do I just <laughs> do I just park it here forever and just look at it? Do should I just have it in my house? Two cuts. What do I do with this? I mean, two cuts. Like I don't drive. I don't drive, and I don't know anybody that likes Lamborghinis. Okay, I don't know. What do I do? It's a free Lamborghini. What do I do? Do I just let it go to waste? Or should I? Should I? Yeah, I should do that, huh? That'd be so mean. Um, is there any other one yeah. I'm looking through right now? And uh, this person asked, "Do you still write blow notes? Blow notes help me get through so much in the past. It's a joy reading them. Hopefully, you don't stop writing." Smiley face. Okay, blow notes are like short, like two, three sentence essays, like. That I wrote. It, it, there's a book um, that came out, and I, I used to do that at the end of. It was my sign off when I had a radio show. Oh. So at the end of every episode, which and this was a daily show, seven days out of the week, right? So this was this was a lot of work. But at the end of the show, I would um, write like this thing, this short phrase, or uh, some sometimes a question, sometimes you know a half answer. Um, that you know talks about different things, and it was some of it was compiled into a book, and it was a best-selling book, and you know people have been waiting, and by people I mean also the publishing house <laughs> has been waiting for the second book, and they've sort of given up now, but they were really hunting me down for a while. <laughs> they were like, because I'm not, I didn't sign for the second book yeah, yet, yeah. but they. But there was like a, you like know, why wouldn't you? You should. Yeah, they're like, why yeah. wouldn't you? It was a bestseller. Yeah, it, it's not like I'm like deliberately not putting out the second book, right? Because definitely I can. I have a lot. Um, I can actually just if I wanted to, maybe I'll maybe I'll just do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe I'll just put it out. Um, I can. The reason why I haven't is because. Okay, so for me, writing a song and writing like a book, writing an album and writing a book are like, it comes from the same place, really. So I have a lot of trouble deciding where a thought belongs, if that makes any sense. Like some of the thoughts that I have or inspirations, if you will, like I don't know if it belongs. In my music, or like in written form, and um, in trying to decide, uh, I create like a song, or in trying to decide, like I hesitate, and it becomes something that's just piled in my, you know, sh- like in a shelf. And I do have a lot of. What could become volume two of Blow Notes? But also another thing happened was after I put out Blow Notes, um, I'm not saying that this is because of me, but 
maybe you know I was just ahead of the curve or something. But um, a lot of books have come out that do the same thing. Okay. Um, where it's you know it's a book of short phrases that are that inspire thought, and um, I I would go to the bookstore and there's like a section where where my book is, and there's like a ton of other books that are pretty much doing the same thing. Mm. And it's great. It's great that more people are doing it. Um, and definitely there's a huge demand for it, right? And it made me think like, do people really need another book like that from me? Because there are so many options now. Like back when I was doing it on radio, I was basically the, you know, one of the only people doing it. Um, it wasn't a thing at the time. And then when I put out the book, uh, there weren't too many books doing that. And now there are so many. So like, and they're good. Um, all these other people have great thoughts too. So like, do people really need need that from me? Like if I put it out, would I just be, um, you know, would it just do well because of my name? Mm. You know, like I like to do things where, I like to do things where I feel like people need that from me. Like, for example, with Epic High music or or my music in general, like, um, you know, I might not be like objectively the the best musician technically or whatever, right? But I do know that um, the songs that I put out, only I can make them. And I, I, I don't know of uh, many other musicians that put out songs that are like mine. And not saying that mine's better. Um, uh, there are many, many songs that are, you know, better than mine. But definitely, I, I feel like I'm doing something that some people really need and they can only get it from me. And I need to feel that to be passionate enough to to work on it. So, I don't know. I might just say this and then go home and then be like, hey, maybe I'll just <laughs> finish it up. And then give my publisher a call. Yeah. And they'll be happy. They'll be like, oh, so you're going to promise again? This is your like teasing. Like this is you being like hot and cold. Be like, do you want it? <laughs> Dude, they've met. They've like hunted me down like physically. They've like shown up at my door and stuff. Oh my gosh. And I've avoided their phone calls sometimes. People like the yeah. written word. And last time I met them, I was like, I really don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Yeah. If I want to. Um. Yeah. Okay. Looking through our DMs, people really want you to talk about the Black Widow trailer. I kind of did last year, right at the end of. Uh, I did it like I did a short thing on like breaking news. Oh, was I was it? like, "Did you guys see it?" Oh yeah. Um. By now, if you haven't seen the break, uh, if you haven't seen the Black Widow trailer, I mean, what are you doing? Right? Well, come on. You should have memorized it by now. You should be able to act it out by now. Okay. We just have to wait four more months, right? Four or five more months and it'll be out. I can't wait to see it. And the Eternals is coming out this year. Okay. So again, in 2020, I'm talking about Marvel again. Uh, but the Eternals with Ma Dong Sok. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ma Dong Sok. 
Whoa. is going to be in a Marvel film. So I'm waiting for that too. Somebody's making a game about the podcast right now. What are you talking about? Someone… About my podcast? Not like a game game. But like… Uh, <laughs> uh, somebody… So being SY said… I tried making a maze game like on YouTube. Like kind of like a click your own adventure game. Uh huh. Um, where it's Tablo searching his way through Dive Studios to start its podcast. But he encounters three people. How do Tukas and Eddie who's going to take Tablo's energy? <laughs> Hence, he needs to take coffees to recharge his energy. Can Tablo make it on time to get to his mic? And she's still working out some like kinks to it. But she's making it like via YouTube. Wow. Someone's making a game about the Tablo podcast? Yeah. Thank cool. you. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And… I know right now a lot of gaming companies… Like game companies are listening right now. And they're like… Dude, that's a great idea. Uh, please don't take this person's idea. This is our listener. Okay? It's like, it's like legit. Oh, she's actually making she's, it. She's like showing the program she's using to actually make like a maze game. Holy <laughs> Dude, that's… Is that allowed? <laughs> that's so cool. It's cool but shut it down. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, Just like absolutely kidding. you know what Tukas is gonna be saying. Tukas is gonna be like, "My likeness." Wait, is my face on there? Because I need to get paid. <laughs> um, but that game looks legit. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, if 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 you're listening right now, thank you for uh, making this cool thing. And if if you're done, like, if you ever uh, get done, please send us the link so we'll you know let the, let people know and we'll play it ourselves. Yeah. Um. But I'm. It's funny that you chose how to two cuts and Eddie Eddie taking energy. Yeah, as as the people <laughs> taking energy. Um, how to takes physical energy away from me, right? Just to give you a tip, how to takes physical energy from me, but she also at the same time, like simultaneously, gives me psychological energy, right? Like emotional energy. She gives it to me, um, but because she's so energetic. And you know, like, is young, is very young. Like, I get physically tired. Two cuts robs me of my <laughs> spiritual uh, or moral, ethical energy. Okay, um, Eddie, just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he takes my energy. I feel like Eddie for you is like when like your cousins come to visit during the holidays and you have to like take them around. <laughs> yeah, Eddie just… You should maybe like… If you're going to add something to the game where like when they take my energy like some like things like pop up. Yeah. Maybe like Eddie is taking like uh, a percentage of my money. <laughs> That's so funny. Because he calls Cause you me… you need money to buy yeah. coffee. And also he's you know my manager right? And yeah. he's like, like… He calls me his cash cow. So maybe like like dollar signs like disappear or like go to him. And then two cuts like my soul. Like my soul is being ripped away. And then like… Um, like how do I just get tired? Like sweat maybe. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. yeah, but it would be cool man. Like, like you walk slower. Yeah. I People that make games that… I love games. I, I made a game a long time ago when I was in like elementary school. I went to like this summer um, program at some college. And we used a thing called HyperCard. And it was on a, a, on a Next computer. Which is the computer that Steve Jobs made. In between um, him being fired from Apple. 
and then him being, you know, triumphantly back at Apple. So I, I remember we made it with HyperCard and I made this like choose your own adventure game. And I fell in love with it. And I wish that like I was a big enough gamer as a kid to really want to go into it. But my parents didn't, uh, you know, they didn't really let me have video games. Um, uh, so, yeah, anybody that makes like games. Here's the thing, though. I, I watched this uh, episode of Patriot Act, Hassan Minaj. And he did something about the video game industry. And like the mistreatment of the programmers. And that needs to stop. Yeah. Like. Man. People that are making things that. Will eventually bring joy to other people. Need to be able to experience that joy themselves. Yeah. Right. That's. That's the way it should be. So I'm hoping that like the, the video game industry. Um, you know reflects the joy that kids get when they get to play. Yeah. Right? For all industries, actually. I believe that um, whatever, whenever something is being made to be enjoyed needs to be made in conditions where, you know, the creation of it can also be enjoyed. Yeah. And unfortunately… In all industries, that's impossible. And here's me, like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure where my clothes come from. I'm not certain where my devices come from, you know? And every, you know, like, there's nothing that I, I feel like I'm helpless. Like, I, I feel like I, I can't do anything about it. Um, but it is something that I do try to be conscious about, you know. Yeah, I always think of uh, the animators for The Simpsons. Yeah, because uh, I used to be obsessed with um, watching The Simpsons on DVD, but with the commentary on. Like yeah. I watched that more than like the normal episodes, and every time they would come across like a extra complicated looking frame, Matt Green would be like, "I can literally hear the animators yelling at me for." Dude. The Simpsons did an episode where, yeah. like, it was like this twentieth anniversary or something. Yeah. I don't, they did an episode where, the, in the opening, they showed animators in a cave, being like whipped <laughs> to animate. They did it themselves, yeah. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. It was like it was very meta. Well, uh, one of my favorites is that there is this uh, episode where. Uh, the house, like the Simpson house, like changes, like it gets zapped and it changes like different things. Uh-huh. And um, they were like, so you're watching this like longer extended cut. And then extended cut, there's a moment where the house turns into like built out of squirrels. Uh-huh. So shit ton of mini squirrels. And he goes, yeah, we um, made the animators do this. And then we cut… <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was in from, from the episode. We cut it out. It was in the episode. This thing. Yeah, in the extended this version. commentary. But they were like the 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 animators' wrists, just like imagining making each individual. That's so meta. And then we fucking decided to not keep it in the episode for time. Almost everything that's amazing has some kind of accident in there somewhere. You know, no one intends to like. No one really. Just intends something and then creates it perfectly. 
there's always like an accident or like a mishap or something that leads to sometimes a better result. And I love that creative process. I love how certain, you know, amazing creations came out of human error. Uh, but the human error should not be something like suffering or pain um, that is deliberately, you know, induced is what I'm saying. Okay. And here's the thing, you know, um, like I'm, I, I always, I always think about these things and also uh, tell myself that I'm a hypocrite as well. Mm-hmm. I have a song called Trace. In Korean, it's called Chucho. It was on my solo album. And the whole song is about this. It's like where my coffee comes from. Like where my clothes come from. Where my technology comes from. Where my happiness comes from. And I know some of these things that I have are possibly coming from terrible things. Terrible conditions. Or things that that I would rather not think about. And how that makes me... uh, a hypocrite or a part of the problem. And right at the onset of the song, I say it actually. I say, you know, I know that I need a, I actually say I need coffee, but <laughs> um, I know where this coffee might possibly be coming from. Like, like what things are leading to this coffee being in my hand. But, overpowering that guilt is my need for the for the caffeine right and i will ask for an extra shot mm-hmm. even though i'm even though i'm not sure right and and that's just you know uh, it's, it's a very complicated thing i i try to be aware of it i i try to know where things are coming from and how they were created but often I just don't care enough. And often, like, even if I do know, there's nothing I can really do about it. That, that, that's how I feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really complicated. Yeah. For me. Well, um, um, the, I, I, I've read, I've been reading a lot of people saying, like, you know, uh, industries who are responsible for producing and being the distributors, and they are the ones who control who makes what and how it's made. Yeah. That they, like, actively contribute to like campaigns where they make the consumer think it's their fault for making the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole like uh, tension about me re- being part of the problem. No, like reusable straws, uh-huh. for example, is a really good example of that, right? People are like, oh, stop using plastic straws. Use paper save, straws. Save the ocean. And then everyone's like, well, why are we not talking about whoever the fuck is making plastic straws? Because guess what? They're going to get made. Yeah. And they're going to have to go somewhere. Whether yeah. you, random person in this town, buys it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, the demand might slightly decrease or something like that. But, like, you're not looking at the source. You're looking at the person who's, like, the consequence of that source. Mm-hmm. So, like, for things like global warming, individual lifestyle choices can only do so much. And it has to be from, like, the industry standard. So, yeah. I wouldn't put that much pressure on yourself? Well, I'm not putting pressure yeah. on myself so much as 
I'm just I'm just honest about it. Yeah. To like like I I acknowledge it. Yeah, I I acknowledge it, but I also acknowledge that like you know, I I I'm not like a hero here because as I know these things are happening, even though I know these things are happening, I will still maybe I don't know, like un- unknowingly rock a pair of shoes, right? Or like a limited edition pair of shoes or something. And I have no idea who made these shoes or like how this shoe got to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I will still be rocking these shoes because they're cool or they're, you know, coveted. And, and like, you know, I don't know. I, I think about these things a lot, you know, but I, I'm just, I'm not saying I'm honest because I'm an honest person. What I'm, when I say I'm honest, I try to tell myself that, you know, some of the problems that I see in the world, like I know for a fact, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a contributor. Right. Yeah. And knowing that allows me to try to be a little more aware, I guess. Yeah. You know? I know that my little life cho- lifestyle choices aren't going to dr- drastically affect things. But um, just, just knowing about it and maybe like talking about it can. Yeah. It's better than not. Yeah. I feel like it. it's yeah. not happening. Um, somebody wrote, speaking of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know how coffees are considered breakfast, right? Do you brush your teeth before or after drinking your coffee? Wait, coffee is considered breakfast? I don't think that's a real thing. Maybe in like certain European countries like Italy or something. But that is not my breakfast. So people will brush their teeth after drinking coffee? Which actually is a good idea because it does color your teeth. Yeah. And right? it's just like it's like a very intense yeah. thing to have on your coffee teeth. Coffee breath? Yeah. Um, Coffee breath sounds amazing. Okay. <laughs> well, um, ma'am. All right. Uh, do you have to poop after you drink coffee? Because you know, there's like a percentage of people where like it really like triggers a poop. poop? Yeah. I have to poop after everything. Oh, that's why you're skinny. I I mean, like I eat something and you poop. Like immediately though. Well, not in the same like sitting I mean like no literally that's like a thing people who there's people who drink coffee and it like immediately triggers like they have to go to the bathroom immediately like their stomach will hurt uh no well I I will always have enough time to actually make it to the bathroom at least yeah yeah but it's it's not that immediate but I do I think I think I digest things really well both (laughs) Emotionally intense both, things. <laughs> both physically and metaphorically. Um, let's see. What else? My so, Matt Might 1990s on our IG says, uh, Hi, I recently discovered your podcast. Since then, I have been researching on your work and I am astounded at how you are so eloquent with the English language. I want to know if your uh, studies or your education in, at Stanford has helped you to be the best at your craft. Do you think that time that you spend in college and in your master's 
has helped you on your journey or is it just delayed or has it just delayed the achievement of your dreams blessings okay so this question is not about me it's it's about like does college help you reach your dreams or does it get in the way yeah is i think the core of this are that in like a cause and effect way yeah well here's what my thoughts on on college um and these are just my opinions. Okay, these are not facts. These are not truths. And these are not commands. Um, so don't just take my word for it. And don't quote me to fight with your parents. But what I'm trying to say is, um, like, I think there are certain things that you need to go to college for. Right? Like, if you have something in mind that you want to do, there are certain things that you need to go to a school for. A surgeon. Yeah, like a surgeon. <laughs> I, I would really prefer to have somebody that is literally opening me up and then having to put me back together to have gone to school, right? Where they teach this stuff. Because it's really hard to not… to. Well, it's really hard to learn to be a surgeon <laughs> except for a med school. Right. So there are certain studies, certain fields that I think college is important for, but, um, but like this absolute like thing where like you have to go to college to get a job, you have to go to college to be successful. I think that's, that's like a very outdated way of thinking. That's just, it's, that's, that's done. Okay. Yeah. Um, Honestly, you can learn everything that you need. You can learn from from just reading a lot or just going on the internet. It's possible, okay? It's it's so my theory is that one day because of like school loans and stuff like that and that it's a huge problem, right? And um one day college campuses will be like you know how you can listen to all music just off the internet? Mm-hmm. You can listen, just stream music. Yeah. But some people like to have LPs. Yeah. And some people like to have cassette tapes and just do it the old-fashioned way. I think that's what college campuses will become in the future. Um, I think there are just certain people that will want to be in the physical space um, for the experience of meeting other people that are similar ages. Um, but Technically, anything that they can offer education-wise can be um, achieved like without that physical space. So, um, yeah, that's just my thing. And like the emphasis on like college, well, for me when I was growing up and for people around me and actually for even the young kids right now in Korea, whenever I meet them, you know, they tell me that they are they are really pressured to go to college because it is a prerequisite for success. And, and what is success? And well, yeah. And also, like, I, I totally disagree with that. Um, there are certain, like I said, there are certain studies where that is true. But uh, many other cases where that is certainly not not true. And also, like… I am very skeptical of 
like adults telling kids that, you know, like this is how you achieve success when you know that it's coming from just their experiences, right? Which is grounded in the past or at the most the present or maybe a few years into the future, right? What I'm trying to say is like, I see a lot of, you know, um, a lot of parents tell their kids, like really young kids, um, you need to learn this and this because you will need it later in the future. Like, you need to learn this language. You need to learn these skills because the world is becoming global and stuff like this. And, and, and whatever they say after because is already outdated. It's, <laughs> it's already been the present for a long time. The world has, all, has been global for a very, very long time. Okay? And usually the developments that they anticipate are things that, are, that have already happened or are happening. Right? My thing is that we need to educate kids based on what we imagine the next 20 years will be like, like what, what the world will be like 20 years later. Okay. We, we can't base it on what we see right now. Yeah. Cause these like little kids that are in like preschool and like elementary school, the world that they're going to be living in is like 20 years later. Right. Yeah. And parents, I, I wonder if parents who do this have, really researched to see what the world might be like 20 years later. Yeah. Right? What the playing field will be like. And if only if they have really done done think like critical thinking about that can they really say what their kids need to do or must do because that often involves them not doing something else, right? That, that often involves them sacrificing some other thing that they could have learned um, for this future that they talk about. Does, am I making sense? Yeah, well, I, I feel like even like not even just like making predictions. If you learn like certain social skills that like, for example, being in an environment like college does help cultivate. Yeah, which it is, could. Like, well, what I'm saying is like being able to adapt. Mm-hmm. Being, you know what I'm talking about? If things don't go your way, what's plan B? What's plan C? What's plan D? Can you think in a way where whatever the next 20 years is, it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. because you are positioned mentally in a way where it'll be okay no matter what. Yeah. And you'll see opportunities for what it is rather than being like, well, that's not what I projected. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to like close an eye to it rather than be like, oh, I didn't think this was going to happen, but it's an opportunity. And I might as well. Yeah. Like, just critical thinking, social skills, right? Yeah. It's very, I feel like, um, yeah. not addressed as much as it should be. It, it, sh- <laughs> it should be the most important thing, actually. It should be the yeah. most important thing. Um, and these are just, like, my opinions. You know, these are just Diane's opinions. Like, yeah. these are our opinions. I'm not saying that this is fact. And, I'm, you know, I might be proven wrong. But what I'm saying is, like, for example, okay, this is something that is 
possibly a little controversial. But you know how schools across the board, like elementary schools or middle schools or even high schools, I don't know. But they don't allow phones, right? Yeah, but like what it's like kids get away with it. Anyway. Okay. Well, I'm not just talking about the policy of, of having no phones in school. But like uh, I see like a lot of parents tell their very young kids um, to not. Uh, some parents actually don't allow them to use phones at all. Uh-huh. Right? Because it's, it's bad for them. Because because it there's it's a gateway to a lot of you know things they can't control. Yeah, things they they can't control and and yes, it's true. There's a lot of bad content, and this could be the portal to that, right? Mm-hmm. But okay, I I I I see like this this thing. Okay, basically, the modern world right now, whether or not we like it. The phone and this and the computer and these devices plays an instrumental role. Okay, of course, there's a lot of bad content and scary content, but it's also a gateway to things that are not like that, right? And if right now we are all using this to run our businesses. Um, our financial situations are all handled by this. Um, our interactions, um, you know, everything that is in the world right now is taking place here. And to te- to teach young kids that to teach young kids various disciplines that are mandatory. And prerequisites to success in the future, mm-hmm. but at the same time preventing them from learning how to use the phone yeah. and and the internet in a responsible and beneficial way. And like how do yeah. like the perspective S- seems to me like a very contradictory thing to do. Because one thing is for sure, we don't know if, um, for example, some of the math that they're learning, or back when when I was a kid, they they spent so much time teaching us cursive writing, right? Which no one uses now. It's not even being taught anymore, right? Because it's it's un- they've deemed it unnecessary, yeah. Right? Um, we don't know if that's gonna be relevant twenty years later, but we definitely know. That even 20 years later, computers and these devices and the internet is going to be there, mm-hmm. right? Why not? How can you teach these these kids to to be masters of it without putting one in their hands? Yeah. Without putting a phone in their hands, right? How can we teach them to be able to self-filter um, what is good and what is what is not so good um, if they they don't get to try it, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, there's just something that like really something that I think about a lot. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of articles that are like, you know, kids and phone usage. It's like just bad. Yeah. Right? 
okay, well, I need to prep this kid for the future. I need to, I, okay, so here's what I think kids need to learn. They need to learn financial, like, financial, not just financial responsibility, but they need to be able to know that they can understand finance. Oh, yeah. Okay? The thing about finance and, like, money is that they will go out of your way to, they, they will go out of their way to convince people that it's, it's very difficult to understand. Right? Because that gives them control over you. Right? And really, I, I was like that too. Like, I was able to make money, but I was not able to understand how to maintain this money or how to use this money or how to save this money or how to, you know, like, because it's complicated. So you go to somebody, like, you go to a financial advisor, you go to an accountant, you go to somebody because you don't understand it. And then you do things that the bank tells you to do. You do things that, like, a fund manager tells you to do. You do something that, like, somebody that studied economics in college tells you to do. Mm -hmm. Right? Even though they're not professional. Yeah. Because you feel like you you don't know anything. And it's been designed that way. So that, you know, the people on top can maintain control. And I think kids from an early age need to be taught that way more than geometry. Okay? Yeah. Way more than calculus. Yeah. Okay? Like well, I Well, you know, you they use calculus in finance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like in real life situations, right? Like they need to know how to um protect themselves like financially. Yeah. And then um I believe that like emotional um like any anything that can pr- help them protect themselves emotionally needs to be a very big part of the curriculum right because we're living in a world and this this is you know in connection with the technology that i'm talking about where more and more we we are vulnerable and open to um attacks on our emotions. And I think that needs to be a very big part of the curriculum. And what else? Like technology. Okay. The tools. Right. When we had, when we had this just discovered fire. Right. Wouldn't you want your kids to know how to build a fire? Right. Yeah. Let's say fire was the new thing, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you want to teach? Wouldn't the first thing you want to teach your kid be to build a fire so that they can stay warm, so that they can ward off, like you know, they they can have predators like run off, so not attack them, like to be able to cook their meat so that they won't, you know, they won't die yeah. from eating it. Like that's the first thing you would teach your kid. Hey, there's this fire thing. Here's how to make it. And so technology, um, just how to protect their emotions, like finance. I mean, these are the things that need to be way more emphasized. And I mean from like an early age. Yeah. Right? They need to know how to be happy and to how to maintain that happiness. Yeah. And 
unfortunately, I don't see that happening at all. Like, I don't see um, the the education, like what it, the curriculum being any different from the curriculum that I experienced, or any different from the curriculum that my parents experienced, or their or my grandparents experienced, for example. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much things have been the same way for a long, long, long time now, and. And I, I think a lot of it is because parents and educators are afraid of change. Okay, they're afraid of um, change, first of all. And secondly, they're not well-researched or passionate enough about the future that their kids can possibly be living in. Right? I also think straight up most education systems lack resources to make those fundamental changes. Because then you have to do different kind of hiring. Sure, get sure. Different re- materials. And like, I don't know about Korean schools, but U.S. schools have no money. I'm actually not talking so much about the school system. Yeah. Just like, about like as children's grow yeah. as a society. what Because I feel a lot for teachers and stuff. Yeah. And like, and people that are in the business of teaching kids, you know, they're, they're underpaid. Um you know, resources just aren't there, right? Yeah. But I'm saying just as like what what we could do as parents, right? Like we need to we need to really imagine the future that these kids are going to actually be living in, as opposed to whatever um, future we have decided will be because of our experiences. Yeah. Like if you force your kid to spend the first. 15, 16, 17 years of their lives just to go to a good college. If you force your kids that, right? If you force them to just study and study and study to go to a good college, are you really certain that by the time they get there, are you you 100% sure that if a kid is born right now and 18 years is spent where this kid is sacrificing joy and happiness and, you know, imagination to study, study, study to go to college. Are you sure that in 18 years from now, college is going to be that relevant? Like, can you guarantee me that college will be that relevant 18 years from now? No. I, I, I can, I'm not so sure, right? Yeah. So why make your kid spend their entire lives preparing for something that won't be there. That could possibly not be there. Yeah. Mindset and social skills. That will never expire. Yes. Like I will say this right now. I know a lot of people especially that listen to this podcast and like you Tablo. They really like art. The arts and entertainment. And mm-hmm. as someone who um, you know as of late is really uh, like in charge of like putting together groups of people to work with. Um, even since when I was like a PA, you would hear like, I don't give a fuck how good you are at this and that. I have to be able to stand being in a room with you for more than 12 hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, anyone can, you know, put a camera on sticks. Anyone can go get coffee for people, right? It's about someone who can read the room. Who has good social scares, scares? <laughs> skills. Mm-hmm. Who Some people are doing social scares. <laughs> um, spooky. And you know like that's what's going to set you apart. And that's not necessarily something you get a degree for. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, 
whether it's the kid who went to USC for cinema or the kid who went to junior college for psychology, but like as a hobby likes camera, if one or the other has a better time and can do the same thing, mm -hmm. I really don't care where you went to school. I don't care what you married. Yeah, that's actually so. Go going back to what this question was um, from Whoever. Matt Might, nineteen nineties. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did college help you on your journey, or did it just delay the achievement of your dreams? I think my personal answer would be that. So. A lot of people say you studied literature, you st studied writing um, in school, in college, you got a master's. So like, how does that help your writing? Right? Or like, how does that help your career? It must yeah. help you to write like really good song lyrics and stuff like this, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very surface. But here's the thing, like, I don't know what other kids in my major like that were in the classroom with me i don't know what each individual learned but i can guarantee you that all of us learned something different from the exact same courses right i went into that place um with 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 what i wanted to do in mind and what i learned from literature was that i i learned about like just morality and also how complicated that is and how good and evil is is so 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 very complicated, right? And that that if you studied like hundreds of years of literature, that's what literature is. It's a it's philosophy, right? And it's also so, social studies. Um, it's you're learning about people in different situations, different times, different laws, different rules, different beliefs, um, different fears. And you try to make sense of something in your head where you're like, okay, this thing that I thought was horrible wasn't horrible. And this thing that I thought was great wasn't great. You know, you need to make some, some decisions for yourself, right? And what you get out of your studies is what you get out of your studies. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not what's force-fed. So for me… Um, it helped me to understand other people is what I mean. Yeah. That's the one skill that I think I have benefited greatly from. Um, I can make music that speaks to other people because I understand what they are feeling. Like I understand what, what scares them. I understand what uh, delights them. And because of that, I can create songs that speak to them mm. podcast i can i can speak to people about certain things and have discussions and and sometimes be wrong and it's fine because it's a discussion and i'm able to do that because i understand people right and literature studying literature helped me understand a, a huge number of people across times that i otherwise could not possibly you know do right yeah. and that that's helped me yeah that's literally helped me in my career but was college the only way for me to get that knowledge or did i not know these things when i before college no yeah no like these are things that i was interested in when i was you know in middle school and stuff yeah college helped me because um it helped me uh to underage drink when i was 20 yeah it helped me to like eat 12 crispy creams in one sitting 
thinking that that's a good idea and then puke in the parking lot. It helped me do that. Guys, learn Gaelic like I did for a year. You learned Gaelic? I learned Latin. Yeah. Not in college, but I learned Latin when I was in middle school. But I like use that to my benefit in like random ways. Literally like… Just think of college if you have to go and you feel pressured to go. You're going to go through it. Think of it as a way to make yourself the most interesting person in the room. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take fucking Gaelic. I was the only Asian, like non-white person in my class. And um, I happened to try to go to this like Irish pub in the West Village in New York. And the staff was all like Irish immigrants like working in New York. And I said something in Gaelic to them. And they were like, you can come here whenever you want. Oh, really? Like, just tell them you're with blah, blah, blah. And like, they won't even ask your ID. And I was like, I took Gaelic. I didn't even know it would benefit me in this way. (laughs) Did you know that I uh, took a course in archaeology? How was that? Um, So it was like a summer course at NYU. Oh, yeah. Archaeology? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in New York for like… Working on some film. Yeah. And uh, I took a course in archaeology. And, <laughs> you know, that's not going to really affect my life in any way. Yeah. But if ever I meet an archaeologist, I mean, I can just… T- I can say this. Yeah. And, like, I think that, like, it, it's like little bricks, right? That make up who you are and, like, lend you your perspective. So as long as you like… If, if you feel like you're forced to and you have to go because of this and that… Fine. But then like make it your own. Yeah. It would be great if no one was forced to go. Yeah. Because if- then, the, then the concept of college is amazing. Four yeah. years to live wherever the f*** you want and yeah. just be like a complete… In an <laughs> ideal world, everyone will, will go to college because they choose to. Or they want to, right? Because… Man, these loans, student loans. Yeah. I mean, I, oh yeah, cost versus benefit. You can go to a university that won't bankrupt you and learn lots, meet great people. Don't think the name, the price tag yeah. means anything about your future. I went to school for free. So, that's the only reason I got to if, have my experiences. Like and also, like if you are good at something, like if you feel like if you if you are like if you can feel it in your heart that you're good at something, uh, and you're deciding between that and college, dude. Just, just do it. I mean, like, why? Well, why? We're in a generation where people are afraid to call their own dentist. So I, <laughs> so I, I think one of the biggest things that I had instilled in me growing up is, but uh, thanks to my older brother, that I wish like more of my friends had learned, which is like, I would tell my brother like, well, I don't want to do that, and he'd be like, why? Like. Cause I don't, I don't know how. He's like, then figure it out. And I went, oh. The only okay. that's literally it. It's like, oh, figure it out. You mentioned dentist, but the only time that like, <laughs> um, someone for me like someone's degree or whatever matters is <laughs> is when I go to a dentist <laughs> or like I'm sitting in a doctor's office. You know how like every doctor's office has their degrees. Like, oh, that's when you feel amazing. Yeah, and. <laughs> They have their degrees on the wall. They always do, right? In yeah. a very visible place because it's basically like their license almost, right? Well, that degree cost them like $300,000. Yeah. So they always have it on display like in the most visible wall. Visible like corner of the wall or something. Yeah. And every time I'm in one of those offices and I'm like fearing for my life, 
right? Am I okay? Am I, gonna, am I in the right hands? And I look at their degrees and I'm like, thank God. I think, I think they know what they're doing. Imagine if you never actually read the fine print, like what the degree is for. And Dude, it turns out it was like… Archaeology. It was like a degree in like… Degree Humor in, journalism. <laughs> de- degree in TV comedy. Mine? <laughs> That's my degree. You, yours is in TV comedy? It's in um, TV comedy uh, writing and producing for TV comedy. Okay, let's say that that's what it said on my dentist but, <laughs> wall, right? Or or acting. They they the door the door opens while you're waiting and there's a laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitcom doctor. I go, I go to the one hospital where they had a sitcom doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't know why we went so deep into the world today. Yeah. Um, but again. Everything I said today might be proven wrong. Right? The fact though is that I don't know. That's the important thing. Yeah, that's the one thing I can proudly and confidently say. Well, not proudly, but confidently say. Uh, I don't know. And more people should be okay with saying that. Like I don't know what the future is going to look like. I don't know what these kids need. To, to you know, survive in the future. I I don't know what is the prerequisite for success. I don't know what success is or what it should be. But there are too many people that pretend to know and will tell you and will force you into situations that are uncomfortable and situations where. You know, into into loans, into debt, because they pretend to know something. You know, and I, I, they don't. I can promise you that they don't. Okay, nobody knows what's gonna happen later. No, nobody knows the answer. So, yeah, if anyone comes to you acting like they do, please be aware that they are most likely a fraud. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'll see you next week on the Tableau Podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com